You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to be saved. Would you join me for a word of prayer? Gracious Lord, we thank you for the gift of these stories from the scriptures that tell us of the mighty acts of your salvation. As we reflect together upon them now, bring us to a right understanding of them and grant us the will to live according to what we understand. We ask this in the precious name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. So, it's an interesting reading. As this section of the Gospel of Luke commences, we've just come off the story of where Jesus has been driven out of the synagogue and in fact taken right to the edge of a cliff and they wanted to throw him off because they were so unhappy with what he had to tell them. So it's a striking contrast when we see a crowd gathered around him to hear what he has to say. And Jesus, for very practical reasons, gets in a boat and goes out to preach. Now, anyone who's ever been fishing knows how much further and faster and better sound travels over water, right? we got scouts here today. Some of you have to be fishermen. You know how much better the sound goes over the water. Jesus gets out to preach from the boat for just that reason, to let everyone hear him better, and then looks at Simon captain of the ship and says, why don't we put out into the deep water and catch some breakfast? And here's where the drama begins. Peter has been perfectly willing to do anything Jesus asked him to do until Jesus asked him to do something that he thought was in his area of expertise. Jesus, I, I know you're an expert in the law, but, you know, we do fishing for a living. Who do you think you are? Now, he doesn't get quite that in Jesus' face about it, but you can tell at the back of his mind there's this little thing going, what does he think he's, what does he think he's doing telling me how to fish? He's a carpenter. And this is all of us. This is the plight of fallen humanity. We are ready and willing to follow God and Jesus Christ until Jesus' words don't seem to make sense for something that we think we know something about. And we think we know something about nearly everything. We know what the Bible says. We know what God has to say about, let's say, giving to the poor and being rich toward God. But we also know God helps those who help themselves. We know that Jesus tells us to pray for our persecutors and love our enemies, but we also know what happens if we show weakness in the face of a confrontation. We know that Jesus gives a hearty second to what God has to say about marriage in the Old Testament, but, you know, we know 
as modern people, that that's kind of preliterate mumbo-jumbo, and those kind of attitudes towards sex, you know, they're at least unhealthy and they're probably dangerous. We know that God says, be humble. In fact, at the Last Supper, Jesus wraps a towel around his waist and kneels down to do the most menial task at the table instead of sitting in the place of honor. But our latest post got so many likes, I'm sure I can do better tomorrow. And besides, I've been working on my end zone dance. We know what the scriptures say, but we think we've got a better plan. And when our plans inevitably, through God's mercy, crash and burn, and we finally get around to trying it Jesus' way, we experience what Peter experienced. Look, it actually works. He knew what he was talking about after all. And then we tend to do exactly what Peter does. Fall on our face before Jesus and say, not I'm sorry. Not I repent, but depart from me, for I am a sinful man. We only want God's attention when we're doing it right. We like to be on our best form. We only want a Savior when we're pretty sure we don't need one. And so, in a sort of preemptive move, afraid of God's anger or disgust or even just disappointment, we ask God to go away from us before He sends us away from Him. This is the human condition. We've all seen it. In friends, loved ones, fellow congregants, exactly at the moment when someone needs to be in church with the body of Christ, hearing the word of God, receiving the precious gifts that God gives to us, is exactly the moment they disappear because they're ashamed to be there or maybe afraid to be there. But, but what happens next is the great word of hope for us in today's readings. The angel in Isaiah's vision had a cleansing coal of fire to burn the sin out of his mouth so he could speak the word of God. But Jesus has a cleansing word of hope for we who are in despair at our own actions and our own lack of faith. And that's, that's what Peter is in. He's in despair, not defiance. He, he wants what he knows Jesus has, but he, he feels unworthy of it. And indeed he is. But Jesus not waiting for him to get it right, looks at him and says, don't be afraid. You can almost picture him lifting Peter's chin up, taking his hand and raising him to his feet and saying, from now on, you'll be catching people.
Or in a more eloquent translation, you'll become fishers of men. What Jesus is saying is that not only, not only are you forgiven for what you did, but I'm going to make you part of what I'm doing to help everyone else who's just like you. Who five minutes ago screwed it up. I'm going to make you part of taking the message out. That in me, in Jesus Christ, God is always more ready to forgive than we are to seek forgiveness. That we need never fear God's anger more than we treasure and covet His love. That is the message of the gospel. And we are blessed to participate in the healing of the world when we believe it. And according to Jesus' commission, go and share that message. Most of you know LaGuardia International Airport. You've been near it. God forbid you had to drive into it or out of it. But few people nowadays remember who it's named for. Fiorello LaGuardia was the mayor of New York City during the Great Depression. He was extremely beloved by the city because he was quite a character. Five foot four spitfire. They called him the little flower because he was known for always having a flower in his lapel. And this was a guy, let's just say he had a hands-on managerial style. He liked to do things like if they were raiding a speakeasy, I'm going with the cops. On his own dime, there's an orphanage full of kids who need some hope. Hey kids, we're going to the baseball game. <laughs> one night in one of the coldest winters in January of 1935, he went down to one of the poorest districts in the city and went into the night court there. All of you know, you guys remember the show Night Court? I understand they're doing a remake of it now. Yeah. Well, he went in and looks to the judge and he says, take the evening off, I'm taking over. I don't even know if you could do that nowadays. <laughs> But he got at the bench and he started hearing all the little things that were going on in this poorest and one of the most crime-ridden districts in his city. And a woman was brought up on, presented for charges for stealing a loaf of bread. In tears, she told the mayor how her son-in-law had left her daughter and that her daughter and her two grandchildren were starving. And all she wanted to do was get them enough to get by. The shopkeeper sat opposite her and said, Mayor, this is one of the worst neighborhoods in this city. If you let her off, if you don't give, pay, make her pay that $10 fine, things are only going to get worse here. It's going to be more and more chaos. And there's no end to this depression in sight. The mayor took a deep breath and looked at the woman and he said, you, you know, he's right. The law can't give an inch. I fine you $10. But as he did, he reached into his own pocket and pulled out a $10 bill and placed it in the sombrero he was famous for wearing. He said, but I remit your bill. I pay your debt. And furthermore, and he looked out at the courtroom, I fine all of you 50 cents 
for living in a city where a woman has to steal bread to feed her grandchildren. And the sombrero was taken and passed around the courtroom. And a bunch of petty thieves and traffic violators and cops and the shop owner who wouldn't drop the charges all put 50 cents in the hat till it was returned to the woman with $47.50 in it. And they stood and gave a round of applause to the mayor who had just fined them 50 cents for the privilege of doing so. <laughs> this is a picture of who we are in Jesus Christ. Not only forgiven our debt and the whole of it paid by the judge, but commissioned to be part of what he is doing to redeem the world. We have been cleansed. We've been forgiven. That we might go and speak a cleansing and forgiving word to others. That our repentance might bear the fruits of repentance, as John the Baptist said. And all might come to the knowledge of him who loves them. Would you join me for a word of prayer? Blessed Father, we thank you that you have sent your only Son to be our judge, but to be our Savior. To pay the debt that we owed, to pick up the bill we cannot afford. Lord, as we have received what we could never possibly have earned, so make us agents of your grace. Make us turn to our friends, our brothers, our sisters, our family, our neighbors, our community, and show love, bearing the burdens of all, that you may have the glory. We ask this in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, I Presence my life